Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 1. Observe the month of Abib. Now this is the first month of the year. Today they gave it a different name. They call it Nisan. But originally, God named it Abib. And keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. Abib means ear of grain. Because this is the month in which grain is fresh and new when it first springs out. 2. And thou shalt sacrifice the Passover offering unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. This is the month of Passover. 3. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread therein, eat even the bread of affliction. For in haste didst thou come forth out of the land of Egypt, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. After Passover night is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which lasts for seven days. All of this is in the month of Abib. And the unleaven means that there's no sin in the bread. Jesus is the bread of life, and he was without sin. It's the bread of life without sin, which is Jesus Christ. For, and there shall be no leaven seen with thee in all thy borders seven days, neither shall any of the flesh which thou sacrificest the first day at even remain all night until the morning. Because Jesus did not remain on the cross all night until morning. He was taken off the cross before dusk because he died on a Sabbath. They had to remove his body before dusk. And that's why the flesh of the animal has to be eaten before morning. Also, the fact that they have to make sure that there is no leaven anywhere in their border. They have to clean all their houses of anything that would cause bread to rise, and then they have to go burn it somewhere, I guess, or bury it so that they don't have any leaven. And this symbolizes that we need to eradicate sin from our entire life, forsake the world, and give up every sin, and not cling unto our favorite sins. 5. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover offering within any of thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee. 6. But at the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to cause his name to dwell in, there thou shalt sacrifice the Passover offering at even, at the going down of the sun, at the season that thou camest forth out of Egypt. The place that God is going to choose is going to be Jerusalem, and every year all the males in Israel have to travel to Jerusalem to do the Passover meal together. This is one of the three times of the year that all of the males have to travel to Jerusalem. And every festival and every Sabbath starts when the sun goes down, because in the Bible, that is the beginning of a new day. That's why in Genesis it said the evening and the morning were the next day. 7. And thou shalt roast and eat it in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, and thou shalt turn in the morning and go unto thy tent. 8. Six days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day shall be a solemn assembly to the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work therein, just like the Israelites did when they were leaving Egypt. 9. Seven weeks thou shalt number unto thee, from the time the sickle is first put to the standing corn, shalt thou begin to number seven weeks. The next festival is seven weeks later. 10. And thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God after the measure of the free will offering of thy land, which thou shalt give according as the Lord thy God blesseth thee. This is harvest now. So if you harvest a lot, you give a lot in tithe. If you harvest little, you give little in tithe. And this is the feast of weeks where we give our thanksgiving offering. 
11. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gates, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are in the midst of thee, in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. God wants everybody to participate in the feast, including the poor and the foreigners. 12. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt, and thou shalt observe and do these statutes, to remember that the Lord took us out of sin. 13. Thou shalt keep the feast of tabernacles seven days. After that thou hast gathered in from thy threshing floor and from thy winepress. At the end of the seven weeks is the next feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. And this comes right after the Day of Atonement. Tabernacles represents that we're going to be living in heaven one day in the future. But it also commemorates when the Israelites had to live in tents out in the desert. 14. And thou shalt rejoice in thy feast, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are within thy gates. Everybody joins in and everybody is in a booth. Even if you're a poor widow and you come into the booth of a different family member, you are still supposed to participate and have a good time. Isn't this beautiful that God commands us to rejoice? when we're fellowshipping with him and when we're fellowshipping with each other. So it is very good and holy when Christians get together and celebrate the goodness of God. Nothing to be ashamed of. 15. Seven days shalt thou keep a feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the work of thy hands, and thou shalt be altogether joyful. We're joyful because of what he's given us and what we know he's going to give us in the future. Look forward to your increase. And this isn't just financial increase, but this is spiritual increase as well. With each year that you walk with the Lord and obey his commands, you will become more spiritually strong and you'll have greater faith. Your testimony will be more powerful. You'll be able to share the gospel with more people. It's a good life that God has given us. And when we get to heaven, there will be rewards. He will reward us according to our faithfulness. 16. Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, on the feast of unleavened bread, and on the feast of weeks, and on the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. So those are the three times. The feast of unleavened bread is near Passover. The feast of weeks, I guess it's kind of in the middle of the year. And then the feast of tabernacles is near the day of atonement. 17. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. We don't all have to give the same. We give according to what we've been given, but we give out of the joy of our hearts. 18. Judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, tribe by tribe, and they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. Now, righteous judgment means they don't take bribes, they don't play favorites, they're not intimidated by anyone. They only judge according to righteousness, right and wrong, that God reveals to them. They can't be intimidated or play favorites. And notice how God only appoints priests and judges for Israel. Later on, they will get a king, but it's because they begged for one. Because they were never supposed to have a king except Jesus in the millennial reign. 19. Thou shalt not rest judgment, thou shalt not respect persons, neither shalt thou take a gift. For a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise, and pervert the words of the righteous. And this is absolutely true, and it would do it to me too. If I feel like I owe somebody something, like I'm obliged to them, 
then it's really hard for me to be objective. I, I will definitely think in their favor if I feel like I owe them something because they gave me a nice gift. And this is why it's evil to take a bribe because once you take a bribe, you are compromised. Human nature is that way. 20. Justice, justice shalt thou follow, that thou mayest live and inherit the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. We think of justice as punishing the guilty, and in part it is that. But the greater part of justice is showing mercy and kindness to those who have been taken advantage of and mistreated. The heart of justice is not punishing people, although that will be required at times. The heart of justice is restoring the victims. 21. Thou shalt not plant thee an Asherah of any kind of tree beside the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt make thee. Modern day Asherah poles are either the obelisks, like the one in Washington, D.C., and there's obelisks all over the world. Those are all Asherah poles. They're phallic symbols that are pagan sexual things and it's to a god of fertility. But there's another type of modern Asherah, which is the maypole. In England especially, they would dance around the maypole as a spring celebration. It's a pagan celebration of fertility. You don't really hear much about the maypole anymore, unless you live in England. You won't. When I was young, they had a holiday called May Day, and you don't even see it on the calendar anymore. In America, we wouldn't dance around a pole, but the tradition was to bring flowers to an elderly person's front door. And I actually did that once when I was a kid because that was the traditional way to celebrate May Day. But it's a holiday of fertility, just like Easter is a fertility holiday. And in pagan circles, Christmas is also a fertility holiday. We don't celebrate fertility as Christians. It's oriented around sex and prostitution. God already commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. We don't need to make a sacrifice to any god to be fruitful. That's already a command given to us at the very beginning of time. 22. Neither shalt thou set thee up a pillar which the Lord thy God hateth. And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 16.